part two chapter three articles six through eight of the christian nurse and her mission in the sick room this is a librivox recording all librivox recordings are in the public domain for more information or to volunteer please visit LibriVox.org. The Christian Nurse and Her Mission in the Sick Room by Francois Xavier Gautrelet. Translated by John Mason Neal. Part 2, Chapter 3 of The Care of the Soul and the Means that Must Be Used That the Sick Person Profit by His Sickness. Article 6 of several means which may be used to help the sick person to pass the time of his sickness profitably one useful distraction which may be provided for him it is useful for the consolation of the sick to set before them is these days which sometime appear very long a certain variety to amuse them nothing is more efficacious for this purpose than to put him under a sort of rule in which you have set down the different exercises which are to fill up the day and the order in which they are to follow you will attain this end by placing alternately and at fixed times sometimes a short prayer for example morning and evening then some interesting reading and short conversation interrupted by intervals of rest and hours fixed for dressing and tending giving remedies or nourishment one word of piety said from time to time will suffice to keep up in him good thoughts to encourage or console him two of reading to sick persons and books which may be read to them or that they may read with profit when the sickness is lingering and the sufferings are not acute it is often profitable to read aloud to the patient to edify as well as to amuse and comfort him but in order that this reading may be useful it should be suitable to the necessities and disposition of the patient in the same way that it is impossible to use the same language indifferently to all you cannot with profit put into their hands the same books it is well to consult the priest who visits the sick person who may not only advise but also may lend some good book the lives of saints writers and subjects of piety treated with simplicity and in some instances books in which the truths of religion are brought forward with clearness and solidity and in which infidel arguments are refuted these are in general the books which may be most useful to sick persons anything that tends to excite hope to keep up resignation and conformity to the will of god to sustain the patience of the sufferer to make him understand and feel the love of our lord jesus christ for sinners and the infinite mercy of god 
will be made useful for his soul and those books which bring forward these truths will make a more salutary impression upon him than those which treat of the divine justice these may even become hurtful to certain persons three of a picture of the crucifixion it is very desirable that the sick person should have a picture of the crucifixion near to him the contemplation of the saviour dying upon the cross for us will sustain him in the sufferings of sickness and fortify him against the terrors of death four of the prayers which should be used by the sick and acts which should be suggested from time to time you should neglect nothing which may lead the sick person to pray if you cannot attain this end you should try to make up for it by praying aloud in his presence and in his name but nothing is more profitable under these circumstances than to produce in him acts of the principal virtues most necessary to his position we have put together a few taken for the most part from holy scripture you will choose those which are most suited to the disposition of each person and his spiritual needs as far as you can judge of them and you will be content with suggesting one or two at a time you will understand that they should be read to the sick person or repeated aloud with him that he may enter more and more into the feelings which they express one acts of contrition have mercy upon me o god after thy great mercy psalms fifty one one father i have sinned against heaven and before thee and am no more worthy to be called thy son make me as one of thy hired servants st luke fifteen eighteen god be merciful to me a sinner st luke eighteen thirteen i confess in thy presence that i have sinned exceedingly in thought word and deed by my fault by my great fault lord enter not into judgment with thy servant psalms one forty three two turn thy face from my sins and blot out all my iniquities psalms fifty one nine a broken and contrite heart o god thou wilt not despise psalms fifty one seventeen o lord rebuke me not in thine indignation neither chasten me in thy heavy displeasure psalms thirty eight one o remember not the sins and offences of my youth psalms twenty five seven burn lord cut chasten me in this world if only thou wilt spare me in the next st augustine o thou who didst pardon mary magdalene thou who didst hear the penitent thief thou hast given to me also hope of pardon 
2. Acts of Hope The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom, then, shall I fear? Psalms 27, 1 Into thy hands I commend my spirit, for thou hast redeemed me, O Lord, thou God of truth. Psalms 31, 6 in thee o lord have i put my trust let me never be put to confusion psalms thirty one one lord jesus receive my spirit acts seven fifty nine father into thy hands i commend my spirit st luke twenty three forty six o good jesus hide me in thy holy wounds though an host of men were laid against me yet shall not mine heart be afraid yea though i walk through the valley of the shadow of death i will fear no evil for thou art with me o lord psalms twenty seven three and twenty three four i will have mercy and not sacrifice for i am not come to call the righteous but sinners to repentance st matthew nine thirteen he that spared not his own son but delivered him up for us all how shall he not with him also freely give us all things romans eight thirty two think kind jesu my salvation caused thy wondrous incarnation leave me not to reprobation faint and weary thou hast sought me on the cross of suffering bought me shall such grace be vainly brought me three acts of love to god whom have i in heaven but thee and there is none upon earth that i desire in comparison with thee psalms seventy three twenty four the lord himself is the portion of mine inheritance and of my cup thou shalt maintain my lot psalm sixteen six too late have i known thee too late have i loved thee st augustine who shall separate us from the love of christ shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or peril or sword nay in all these things we are more than conquerors through him that loved us for i am persuaded that neither death nor life nor angels nor principalities nor powers nor things present nor things to come nor height nor depth nor any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of god which is in christ jesus our lord romans eight thirty five thirty seven thirty eight thirty nine my god whose goodness is infinite i love thee above all things i love thee with all my heart my god i am not worthy to love thee because of my sins but for the love of jesus thy son make me worthy i desire that all men should love thee 
i desire that thou shouldest be always loved that i could love thee more o jesus let me never be separated from thee i will love thee o lord my strength the lord is my stony rock my defence and my saviour psalms eighteen one four acts of thanksgiving for graces received i will bless the lord at all times his praise shall ever be in my mouth psalms thirty four one blessed be the name of the lord from this time forth for evermore psalms one thirteen two blessed be the lord god of israel for he hath visited and redeemed his people st luke one sixty eight five acts of humility o look thou upon me and be merciful unto me psalms one nineteen one thirty two look upon my adversity and misery and forgive me all my sin psalms twenty five seventeen god be merciful unto me a sinner st luke eighteen thirteen what shall i frail man be pleading who for me be interceding when the just are mercy needing forsake me not o lord my god be not thou far from me psalms thirty eight twenty one six acts of conformity to the will of god thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven st matthew six ten i will bless the lord at all times his praise shall ever be in my mouth psalms thirty four one father thy will not mine be done o my father if it be possible let this cup pass from me nevertheless not as i will but as thou wilt st matthew twenty six thirty nine even so father for so it seemed good in thy sight st matthew eleven twenty six behold me o lord do with me what shall please thee i will what thou willest i will suffer as much as thou desirest into thy hands i commit my soul and my body my life and my death i am altogether thine my god i ask of thee only one thing thy grace and thy love i accept sickness o god i accept the pains which i suffer i accept all it shall please thy goodness to send me i am thine o save me seven acts of desire to see god and the glory of heaven when shall i come to appear before the presence of god psalms forty two two my soul is a thirst for god even for the living god psalms forty two two woe is me that i am constrained to dwell with mesec 
and to have my habitation among the tents of Kedar. Psalms 124. When, O oh my God, shall I see thee face to face? When shall I love thee perfectly, O oh infinite beauty? O oh my Jesus, when shall I see thee as thou art, and behold thy sacred wounds? One thing have I desired of the Lord, which I will require, even that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to behold the fair beauty of the Lord, and to visit his temple. Psalms 27, 4 8. Of the Sacraments it is not sufficient that the sick person should once receive the blessed sacrament you must see that this help and consolation is procured for him as often as will be judged expedient you will therefore use means that the priest may frequently see him to hear his confession and to give him holy communion you will seek to instill into the sick person the desire for as precious a grace for there he will find the help and consolation that he needs since nothing more softens the pain of sickness than the peace of souls and hope which is obtained in the sacrament this point is especially important when the sickness is lingering or the sick person is in greater temptation of offending god either on account of evil habits previously contracted or by feelings of vengeance and hatred which may easily be reawakened through the want of patience and resignation when his sufferings are acute this advice to receive frequently the sacrament or at least absolution during sickness is applicable not only to cases above described but in all circumstances since by these means one we obtain more abundant graces two we obtain pardon for faults into which we may have fallen since our last confession three we may make amends for these faults it would also be well that the sick person should agree with the priest upon some sign to be used when he has lost the power of speech to show him that he desires to receive absolution or that he agrees to the propositions made to him and that he accuses himself of each and asks pardon for his faults article seven how to acquaint the sick person with his danger if it should be necessary you must not keep the sick person in a state of false confidence about his state and the seriousness of his illness these deceitful hopes which are nourished in the heart of the sick even when we see the certainty of their death keeps them back from offering to god the sacrifice of their life and may expose them to be contented with equivocal disposition and a half-will with regard to the future it is great cruelty said louis the thirteenth dangerously wounded 
when on his journey to leon not to warn the sick man when you see him in danger because as he who is on the brink of a precipice which he does not see is inevitably lost if he is not told of it so he who draws near his end if he is allowed to die without being told of his peril falls often into an abyss of woe and eternal misery footnote the fear of dying without knowing or preparing for it has made some persons agree amongst themselves to warn each other charitably in case of sickness when there is appearance of danger End footnote. neither must you in ordinary cases speak too openly of death and its consequences the imagination may easily revolt from the presence of a sacrifice so painful to nature but you will warn the patient not to depend too much on what is said to him by his relatives or physicians you will exhort him to set his affairs in order and to leave the issue of his sickness in god's hands you will let him know the seriousness of his illness and the risk he runs but gradually so as not to frighten him especially when you fear to produce an unfavorable impression by speaking too openly thus you will not hide the truth from him but you will acquaint him with it by degrees nevertheless you must not forget that the fear of displeasing the sick of frightening them or of grieving them by proposing that they should prepare to receive the blessed sacrament is not as well founded as is generally believed you will find a great number who only wait for this proposal to accede to it and who only desire that it should be proposed to them there are some persons to whom the thought of death is familiar and to whom it comes as a consolation you will speak more freely to them you will be more reserved with those persons who shrink from the idea of death and in whose minds the thoughts of god's judgments produce excessive trouble the sincere desire of the spiritual welfare of the sick person and to use the method most profitable for him is the sovereign rule to be followed in this matter you will obtain by prayer the guidance you need for yourself and the grace which is necessary for the sick person article eight how to act with regard to the will it is useful according to the condition of the sick person to be acquainted with his temporal affairs if his will is made and his last wishes clearly expressed and if all is made in good order in case the sick person has never taken this precaution you should exhort him not to put it off any longer at the risk of exposing his family to lawsuits and difficulties which are the ordinary consequences of so doing 
let the will be made at the beginning of the illness this is what was decreed by the synod of lyon held in fourteen o four then the sick person is more at liberty to seek advice and to act upon it the strength which is still given to him will prevent those sad consequences of a wandering and failing mind which sick persons generally experience at the approach of death and which renders them incapable so to speak of acting up to the light of reason and the advice of prudent persons besides it is very sad that when the soul has not time enough to give to the important business of its salvation it should be taken off by temporal interests it will not then be justice but the skill or the solicitation of some importunate heir or of some person more dearly loved which will influence him frequently to the prejudice of his family and of which the sick person will have to render account at the tribunal of god you will suggest to him therefore to take advantage of the time while he still enjoys the possession of all his faculties to set his affairs in order and you will guard if it should be necessary against unjust feelings which might influence him to favor one part of his heirs to the prejudice of others which almost always causes hatred and division in families these preferences besides are generally the effect of natural affection as in opposition to reason and the requirements of justice you may offer to call for a solicitor but you must be careful to conceal nothing from the sick person which may prejudice a third party in these circumstances you must use great prudence and circumspection you must place him in the presence of eternity of god and his soul and leave him to his conscience unless he puts any questions to you if nevertheless he has any restitution to make you must urge him to make it if besides you can dispose him to anything for the good of his soul for example for the church or the benefit of the poor let him do it immediately but avoid even the suspicion of avarice by reminding him of it let him be exhorted not to leave to his heirs the care of acquitting his pious legacies and let him not forget to fulfill all his obligations and to pay his debts what will it advantage him if to enrich his family who will soon forget him he exposes himself by his injustice to burn eternally in the flames of hell what shall it profit a man if he gain the whole world and lose his soul st matthew sixteen twenty six end of part two chapter three articles six through eight